One thing that's true for all moms, we have a lot of stories to tell. Some are silly, some are gross, some bring us to tears. With each story that's shared, another mom feels a little less alone. So join us as we laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the iMom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the iMom Podcast. Abby, Chloe, Megan, and Susan are here. Your families are made up of people who think differently from one another. Obviously, we can have tricky relationships with some relatives. Um, and the tension and the stress is made a little bit worse at the holidays. Uh, but today, I want to talk about how to deal with difficult relatives and maybe even love them even though they get under your skin. So this episode is coming out, uh, it comes out a week before Christmas. So you are just about at Christmas, which might mean you are anticipating some um, run-ins with the uncle, the aunt, the mother-in-law, uh, the brother-in-law, who knows. Um, but we're going to help you today, hopefully deal with them a little bit better. So what do you guys think are the most common types of difficult relatives? And we're talking holidays or not. Like who who do you think is the one that most people struggle with? Hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people, I had a great mother-in-law, but I know a lot of people struggle with their mother-in-law. I think you have the added, um, if you have a large family and there's a lot of kids, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're... You're all the kids getting along and you all parent differently and they're all running around the house. That can happen. Yeah, Mm. for sure. I think there's the mother-in-law who um, undermines your parenting or who tries to tell you like, you know, she's only around every once in a while. And so she wants to make her impression. She wants to help, but it might not necessarily be the kind of help that that you appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, the mother-in-law that says it's silly that your mom doesn't let you drink soda. Here, have some. You'll love it. That's always, you know, kind of gets in the way. But I think a good solution for that is to point out the things that you love about the way that this mother-in-law or this person interacts with your kids. Tell her, you know, she's great at arts and crafts or gives the best hugs or that she is your kid's number one soccer fan. Thank her for being in your kids' lives. And hopefully, like, do you think that that bit of flattery and encouragement might help? I don't know. Is that just... (laughs) <laughs> Wishful thinking. Everyone, when, when mother-in-law comes up, everyone gets quiet. <laughs> All right, move on. How about the relative who has no boundaries? Oh, gosh. Yeah, or maybe they just don't have the same boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents both got remarried when I was in college. And so they, you know, their new spouses just had different ways that they had raised their kids. So, you know, um, that that's hard, and and even today I take care of my stepmother. My my dad has died, and I'm taking care of my stepmother. But I'm not her daughter. But I'm fully responsible for for her, you know. Yeah. So that's different. One evening I thought, or I caught my mom rearranging a kitchen drawer, my utensil drawer, and I just had to say, "Mom, stop! I like it the way it is." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but had it been my mother in law, I don't think I could have. I would have said it. I think I would have just tried to be polite and let her do it, and then switch right. back after she left. And that's the difference between your own mother and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, is you can be more honest with their own family, but why can't we be honest with somebody I don't else? Know. That's the tough thing. Yeah, because I feel like okay, hearing that example, I'm like, well, that was just like a quirky thing to do, but like it feels so much more personal. I don't know in the mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah, if your mom did it, you wouldn't take no. it personally. You'd be like, she's trying to help, right? And I'd say, no thanks. Well, because I think it it maybe taps into some kind of insecurity that you have. Like, yeah. oh well, am I not taking care of my house 
in the way that you think it should be taken care of. It, it, yeah. it feels like it goes outside of just the silverware. Yeah. It feels like something it's that's confirming sh- like a larger mm-hmm. insecurity of mm-hmm. yours. Like you're not organized. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then there's the um, the person who talks about politics. Mm. I don't even, we're not even going to talk about politics. Like, we're even- <laughs> just stop. If you're that person, just stop. Well, especially today, it's just more difficult. There, there used to be a time when you could have a really good debate about politics, but people will take it too personally mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And so you can't have an intellectual discussion about differences and agree to disagree. Yeah. No, no. Well, and then what do you do? So this is, this one is particularly about the holidays, the person who might be a bad example around your kids who maybe has a habit or a language or lives their life in a way that you're trying not to do around your children. Like, how do you handle those difficult relatives? I think you talk to your kids before and after the fact. I think mm. that you say, okay, you know that so-and-so is coming over. We know that he sometimes drinks a little too much or yeah. whatever and you you brace them for it you tell them what's polite to say and what's mm-hmm. not polite and then after they leave you also have the conversation afterwards like well what did you think about the way he acted or mm-hmm. i i struggle with it because like having a 4 year old i can't really exp- like he doesn't understand that so i can't really explain it to him before and after but Do you think yet, he notices it yes i think he de- he's smart and he's very perceptive he is. so i think he is definitely registering behaviors like I literally had an incident happen and he knew he understands something good was not happening and I was watching it but I can't explain to him what is happening because Mm. he will not understand it so it's like I literally wanted to pick him up and pull him out of the room because I was he was not comfortable and I was not comfortable but I didn't want to offend anyone and so it's like how do you uh I don't know. I didn't want to be offensive to family, but I also didn't want it It that I could tell he was uncomfortable. Yeah. So I wanted to get up and remove him. And I was talking to my husband about it. I was like, what should I have done? Like, how should I have handled that? Because yeah. n- none of us were comfortable with what was going on. Do you on. feel like there was anything else you could have done in that situation? I, I tried. I was like, okay, come on. We're going to go brush your teeth. And I like kind of yeah. shepherded him, him out. But um it's, yeah, it's so awkward. It's like so awkward. Yeah. It's so awkward because I don't know if it was registering with the other person. Right. So. So we did go to counseling about this <laughs> once upon a time because we did have a relative that we love very much that actually did drink a lot. And so it, it you know, creating the boundaries, that's what we needed clarity on. How do you create boundaries for what your kids should and shouldn't see and we had to talk have a talk to this um we had to have a talk with this relative and basically just said these are the rules for our house we want you there always however if these lines are crossed we will ask you to leave and we ask you to respect that um and we did have to one time i have a question though what if you're not what if you're at one of your family members homes Mm. remove and you leave? You you leave. Yeah, you you leave. What if you have nowhere else to go? <laughs> oh gosh. Sleep in the car. Kids, yeah. Kids first. Well, I think, car. you know, making sure you have your own bedroom and a safe place yeah. to go to to take your kids to like, let's go play a game in the bedroom, or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um and then those conversations have to continue to the point where maybe you decide you can't go spend the night at that person's house. It's yeah. hard. It's really hard. That was my next question. Is there a case when you should stop inviting a person or stop going to that person's house? I, I don't like that because to me it's family. Mm-hmm. And regardless, I always want family to be welcome and us to have a relationship with family no matter what. So it's just uh, to me it's a hard situation because I'm not the type of person that I'm like, 
I'm just going to cut them out. That's not yeah. an option for me. So it is tough of, you know, how do you keep them in your life if you don't like certain behavior? I think the line is the difference between is it dangerous for the child, for w- whether mentally, physically, or whatever. So you have to decide if it's dangerous, you have to stop. If it's not, then you're simply trying to shelter them. And at some point, you shouldn't shelter kids from everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, that's, I've had friends that have said, like, we will never see my in-laws because of some stuff that I get, but also, like, not stuff that is going to, you know, not that dangerous. Yeah, and they right. literally just cut them out. Yeah. And it's so sad because I'm like, just because you guys didn't agree on this one thing or whatever, and it wasn't that horrible, they literally cut them out of their lives. And then it's like, that just doesn't seem like that's the right cancel solution. Culture. Yeah. Yeah. That's cancel yeah. culture. And we can't, we can't do that. Now, again, if it's dangerous or if the child is being seriously affected by it, you may have to take a break for a time until they can mature enough to understand what's going on. But yeah. kids need to, to be exposed to, to different people and accept them for who they are. Everybody's different. Everybody makes mistakes. And just because an aunt or uncle says words or something or does something that we don't like, it doesn't mean we turn them off. It means we learn the difference between their words and what our family says and why there's a difference and why we believe. Yeah. Cause I can imagine like even at that age, like, you know, when whenever it's appropriate to start having those conversations, it's teaching your child tolerance because they're exactly. going to exist in a world with people who are very different than them. Right. Yeah. Right. So what practical tips um, do you guys have for going into these encounters Be, like before a family gathering? We talked a little bit about, you know, tell your kids if they can understand and if you can have that conversation, tell them what what might happen or, hey, do you remember last year this happened? Okay, so-and-so is going to be there again. Like what other... Um, what other practical tips do we can we share? Well, if it's a simple thing like they use bad language, we don't use. Mm-hmm. You know, now remember, <laughs> Uncle So and So talks like this. We don't do it, and then it's hilarious. When <laughs> I used a word the other day, it wasn't a cuss word, I promise. But I promise you, James said to me, "Marmy." We don't use that word. And I was like, oh, you're right. She said stupid. And I told James that stupid is a bad word. I was like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't have said that word. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's cute when they're little, when they get older. Now, if it's something bigger than words, you got to really prep them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, praying before you go and, you know, you can pray for or before people come over, you just pray that everybody gets along, that you can be a good example, that your kids... Um, can be kind to the other kids that are coming, you know, just kind of start the gathering with the right mindset and, and you know, asking God to work through you if there is something that needs to be said or done. Oh, I remember um, what my, my kids have cousins and the girls were all the same age and they were kind of at this sensitive age about their bodies and their looks. And we had a, a, a relative, you know, hey, don't make a comment about that they're sensitive right now and they take it to heart yeah, just because that's something the relative did. And so yeah. sometimes it's sending a text to the relative, hey, remember my kids are struggling with this, so don't talk about that. You know, yeah. coach them. You can ask them. Most relatives are really happy to consider their nieces or nephews or grandkids you know a feeling i think that's a great idea and i think too you have to kind of look inside yourself and know are you going into this situation feeling a lot of of pressure you know are you putting a lot of weight on this gathering so say it's christmas or thanksgiving or uh, some kind of party are you going into this thing with a lot of expectations for how you want it to be and maybe that person's behavior 
isn't that bad, but you just yes, really yeah. want the day to go well, you know? Huge point. Just don't be triggered, yeah. you know, because we we get we do get agitated and then we're waiting for it to happen yeah. and then it happens and we overreact. I, I am, I'm a bad offender. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say because I've had certain situations where I'm almost at the point where I'm kind of looking yep. for it Yeah, because I know it's going to happen, but I'm also like, why am I looking for yeah. it? Like, just do I it, want this yeah, person to yeah, offend yeah, me? Like, yeah. No. yeah. We, my mom and I, for years, she made all of Thanksgiving all by herself and I, and I would come over and help, but she was the one in charge and every year we would get in a fight. And finally it came to the point where I was like, oh, well, we haven't fought yet. So it's going to have to happen soon. And so like, I was like waiting for it to happen and where I would blow up at her and she would blow up at me. And so just that same thing, you know, it's like, I, I was almost willing it to happen. Yes. And now we do potluck. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fixed. So some of our staff had ideas for how to deal with 10 situations with relatives. Michelle said, have an exit plan. She said, we have a code word. Mm. Oh, that's, oh I, that was a great idea. Yeah. yeah. That was a great idea. Ours, from mine and my husband, is cucumber salad. So oh, now nice. we have to that, that, yeah, yeah. That's something you would never ask for? Or well, what? it's hard to work into a conversation. Ours was a cold water. Do you uh-huh. need a glass of cold water? Oh, that's that good. That seems a little more natural than cucumber salad. Because that means we, you need <laughs> to cool it. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe cucumber salad. Party, Did you but bring it? Wait, but I have a question. So when you guys say your code word, do you both just like peace? Like, <laughs> My, bye, like you both just leave? Like, how does that, how does, or are you like, you go to the car and I'll be in the car in 10 minutes? Like, how does that? It's more of a cue of like, I'm ready to go oh, and and or wrap let's, it up. Let's yeah. meet on the side and have a conversation. Okay. But that's just cucumber salad. I don't even know. Salad? We only had to use it like twice. Or is it like a whisper? Cucumber salad. No, it's like it's like. <laughs> hey, did you remember to put the cucumber salad in the fridge? Oh, or, yeah. you know something at home. Sick. <laughs> so, no, Sick. No, it's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. Anyway, um, so Ashley said, "Let go of expectations," which is kind of what we just talked about. You know, are you going in with these these big expectations and anything that goes anything less than perfect ruins it? Um, Natasha said, "Sweet Natasha, so yeah, nice." Yeah, she said, "It's more important to be kind Aww. than to be right." Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not right, that nice. Right feels so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, I have a difficult family member who's set in her ways and everyone in the family has their own beef with her at some point. I've learned that it's better to smile and exit the conversation and help in the kitchen during gatherings so I'm not tempted to argue. Mm. And I think that's true. If you can it keep is, yourself busy, yeah. if you can figure out a way to help, um, usually you're too distracted by the, the thing. Yes. Yeah. Care. Yeah, so true. Um, Taylor said that um, her she's watched her parents and she said, have your husband's back and vice versa. She said, my dad's side of the family can be a little bit difficult for my mom to deal with. And they tend to villainize her. I hope they're not listening. Or else this is going to be an exciting Christmas. <laughs> it wasn't Taylor that you said. It was somebody else, it right? No, it was somebody else. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, I always saw my dad have my mom's back. He would never take anyone's side but my mom. And I think that has helped my mom deal with them. And she feels like my nice. dad is in her corner. That's good. Yeah, I think so too. And then also communicating with your husband about what you need. You know, if you're going yeah. in and you're, you know that his mom does these things that push your buttons, say, hey... This might happen. This might not happen. But I I need you to know that this is what I often deal with in case you don't see it. Because I think sometimes they don't see it. And intercede. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And jump in and help. Well, it's easier for them to correct their own parent. Yeah. You can't. And that we talked about that earlier. You know, mm-hmm. you just can't. And then Lisa said one practical tip we put into place due to a rather opinionated father is to prep our kids beforehand. So kind of what we were talking about. She said if there's hot button issues Mm. happening, they let the kids know how to respectfully change the subject. And then she said, and then we tie it into what Jesus modeled for us 
at the Last Supper. So I'm wondering if people are washing feet at her Thanksgiving or Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I do have one thought. Maybe this because I live in D.C. and people do talk about politics 24-7. But like hot button issues and politics. So like if we always say, this might be a different podcast episode, like never talk about it. Don't talk about it, especially family gatherings. Don't talk about it. Then like when people get in the real world as adults, how do they know how to you know, productively talk about it. And they're going to talk about and it safely. safely. So they're going to talk about it at some point. So, like, I, I totally get the, like, don't bring it up at family things causes an argument. But I feel like now people are so defensive and it's gotten to such a point that if, like, we don't teach children how to talk about mm. it, they're going to talk about it at some point. Well, you don't want it to be at the corporate company dinner and they get fired because yeah. they say something bad. Well, and I think the message, I, I also understand why you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to get in a heated debate while, yeah. you know, Christmas music is playing right. or whatever. But... What you're saying, when you say don't talk about it, what you're saying is that it, it, if you love somebody, which you love your family, if you love them, then you don't want to disagree, which is the wrong message right. to send our kids. Right. You can love somebody and disagree mm-hmm. with them. You can disagree with them and still love them. So, yeah, I think it might be okay. sending the wrong message. But maybe it's just coaching them on when to know a conversation is going yeah. too far. Because, yes, you can have a political discourse and it can be civil, but I don't know. I think— Anyone at any point can get too passionate about any topic. For doesn't sure. have to be political. Yeah. Well, and as you know, again, me living in DC, I'm like, it is our duty as American yeah. citizens <laughs> to discuss these things because I think we have a culture of so far gone yeah. to the point where we're burying our heads in the sand because we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to offend anyone that like no one has these cohesive discussions and opinions because we they'd don't. rather tweet behind their phones yeah. and not have to face someone say it to their face because they know it's rude or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. I, I have a that's a different that's different a good, podcast somebody, episode. That's a good Put point, Megan at though. the kids' table yeah. this year, Christmas. <laughs> Listen, children, we're going to talk about <laughs> socialism and democracy. <laughs> Get your books out. I love it. And one more, one more comment. I don't know who it was from, but she said, if someone says something to you that that actually hurts your feelings. You can say it, and there's a way to say it respectfully. You know, that hurt my feelings. I'm sure that wasn't your intention. I, you don't probably didn't mean to hurt me. Um, but so basically, you're addressing the words, not the person. Mm-hmm. You're saying the words that you said hurt. Mm-hmm. You're not a bad person. I love you, but what you said hurt me. Whether mm-hmm. it's over Christmas dinner or the mother-in-law that comes over and you know rearranges your linen closet or whatever. Um, being honest instead of having to necessarily you know like tiptoe around how you feel. So I think also a great response to having a difficult relative at the holidays at any other time of year is to focus on gratitude, you know, to put a pause on the things that feel chaotic or tense and look around and see the things that you're grateful for. So like, what do you guys, maybe in this next couple of weeks throughout the, you know, Christmas and New Year, like, what do you guys try to remind yourself of? I, because we live away from family, I actually really look forward to the holidays because we get to see them and they get to see our kids and um, it's a really fun time to get together. Don't get me wrong. It can be very stressful, especially because we're trying to see everyone yeah. at one time and it's everyone all together. But at the same time, I just know that my kids are only going to be little for so long and um, Christmas is always magical with them. And it's so fun to just get together as a family and be together and have that time together. Cause I don't think everyone in the world, you know, is able to get together and celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving. And so I try to look at it as this is a, blessing this is an opportunity to get to spend that quality time with family that not everyone gets yeah for sure yeah mine's similar i think um we're traveling with james this year to see my husband's family and i get anxious just because i've never 
done that. But if I let my anxiety win, then I'm like missing out on how great of an opportunity it is for, you know, him to be with his grandparents and cousins and everything. Well, yeah. And recognizing that it is hard. You know, it's hard to travel with a little one. It's hard, Megan, to go to multiple families' houses and, you know, be all over the place and, and, um, you know, accommodate other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all of it is difficult, but in all the stress and the difficulty, there are sweet memories that you're making too. Yeah. Anything to add, Susan? So I have to remember to roll with it. Mm. I um, am just in a busy season of life because Chloe had a baby and so did Hayley and everybody left. No, (laughs) everybody's out on maternity leave. But I love big holidays with a lot of people. And my dinner the day after tomorrow just jumped to 21. Last night went from 16 to 20. No, it went from 15 to 21. Oh my God. Like two separate groups called and said, Hey, we are going to come. And so, um, but I worked last night till 630. I went home and worked on BBC. I had a recording at 8am this morning. I will be here. She's also been watching my kids for the last four days. So, but it's all good. And I got to roll with it. And I don't care about sleep. I only got five hours last night. That's not a biggie to me. I don't obsess on that. What I do start to like pressure myself about is for it to the tables to look good. And okay, now I got to know the table. Do I have enough decorations for the table? Like, you know, so I start getting caught up in all those little things that steal the joy when, in fact, I love the fact that more, it normally love the fact that more people are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just, I gotta, I gotta stay in my role with it. It's all good. It's all good. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, we are so grateful for you and we're, um, we hope that you have a very, very Merry Christmas and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom Podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal.